heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your own phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more podcast platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. All right, folks, week 14 is almost done. We got one more game to go. It's the Monday Nighter. This is episode number 137 of YWC Football Talk presented by SidelineShop.ca. For all your jersey needs, visit SidelineShop.ca. And my guest today, folks, is the football guru himself. Last time he was on, it was back in July when we were talking about Canton. But this week, we're talking about the season, football in general. It is the football guru himself, Russell Baxter. Russell, welcome back to the show. How are we feeling today? We're doing good. We're, we're just watching the season as a blur as it usually is. I think I probably even joked to you back then. Next time I talk to you, it'll be like week eight or week nine. And I didn't say that for scheduling purposes. It's just the way these NFL seasons unfold. I mean, we're down to the nitty gritty. This is was the final week of the off weeks. So Miami, Indy, New England, and Philly. And now four weeks to go and everybody's... 16 games a week. We've got a bunch of Saturday doubleheaders coming up and so on. Very excited. Exactly. And even too, we have the two Saturdays coming up this week and next week, obviously with Christmas. Now the college football has kind of gone on the back burner and until obviously bowls start up, but it's just that heat of the season. But that's the one thing I love and hate about the NFL season, how all off season we wait for it. And then you snap your fingers. And like you said, boom, we're already here week 14 and the playoff pushes in full gear now. Well, we'll get we'll we'll have a Super Bowl around Valentine's Day this year with the 17 weeks and somewhere down the loan down the road with as you and I discussed I think we'll get to 18 regular season games um but it's been a fascinating season it's it's different from last year there's people in the games at the games I should say yes uh, although although I will say that the numbers bear out that we really still haven't had a home field advantage this year no, exactly. That's that's a that's a really good point, actually, even to think about, because obviously there was a lot of numbers of cases today with players being put on the COVID reserve list. Mm-hmm. But you're, you, you're right, though. And even I we talked about this off air and I just love the parody that's going on this year in the sense, right. not in the sense of like teams within their records. It's just there's no team you look at, like how last year we looked at like Kansas City and said, yeah, they're going to be at the Super Bowl or how for, even though they're already back in the conversation. I'm very happy about that. That New England's already back in the conversation, like how they mm-hmm. were for so many years. And everyone thought like Buffalo was going to be this juggernaut and they're kind of like on a bit of a skid. We'll see what happens there. It's just, it's great to see because it makes the football that much more exciting. Well, it also, what it also does is make you appreciate what New England did for about 20 years too. Exactly. It's, it's hard to get in the playoffs year after year after year. I mean, going into this year, uh, I mean, it, it, New England set a record. Uh, by being in the playoffs uh, 11 consecutive years, and they also won 11 consecutive AFC East titles. No other teams ever won a division more than seven years in a row. That was the Rams in the the 70s. Uh, But when you see teams like, well, let, let me backtrack. The longest current playoff streak right now is six years, and that's the Chiefs, followed by the Saints with four, and Baltimore and Seattle with three. Now, Seattle's reeling. Baltimore's slumping. New Orleans is below 500. Kansas City is surging. So, you know, I'm not saying those other three teams aren't going to make the playoffs, and it's a little easier now with seven teams in each conference, but it shows you what New England did was truly unique. 
Exactly, exactly. Because I feel like after Kansas City won their first, a lot of people were going on there being like, I know we're a fo- this is a football podcast and you're a fo- the football guru, but you probably, I don't know if you remember the uh, LeBron James infamous when he first got to Miami and they're going not like yes. four, not five, not six. I feel like everyone was doing that with Kansas City where it was like, oh, you know, they're going to win like six or seven is a matter of time before they break, he breaks Brady's streak, even though Brady's at seven now and he'd have to get seven more on his own. It just, it's right. I feel like not enough people will truly appreciate that what New England did wasn't only just like luck or whatever, that it was truly special and how hard of a grind it is for NFL. Because that's the other reason why we love this game is because look, one game makes or breaks your season. Oh, absolutely. And, um, and, and I think that with New England, it's much like Dallas was when they were on their runs and so on. And, you know, Dallas had 20 straight winning seasons from 66 to 85, New England fell one shortest tie in that record uh, when they won seven to nine last year and so on. So any, as you know, any sport, even other professions, success and hatred are about 50-50 in terms of people, okay? And hatred's a strong word, but you know what I mean. In other words, they, they either cheer you or they resent you, okay? For Oh, I want to see it. I always used to laugh at people. I just want to see a different team in there. And I say, well, what if your team was in the playoffs 11 years in a row? Silence. Crickets. Okay. So it depends on who you like. And so, you know, you want, you know, people play their favorites. And so, you know, those 19 straight winning seasons. But the thing that also has also fascinated me over the last year or so on is, how some people tried to turn what happened in New England with Brady leaving into, was it Bill Belichick or was it Tom Brady? Well, we all know the answer. It was both. Okay. Both are masters at their craft. And Tom Brady, at least in my opinion, is the way he is because of Bill Belichick in part. Okay. With his own personality intertwined with it as well. So it's, to me, it's nice to see the success that Bucks are having. Um, and Brady as well, um, but also one of the great coaches of all time, showing that you know, a little rebuilding, a little free agency, some good drafting, and two and four turns into nine and four. Exactly. Like, if you had told me, it's like, I, I think the cat's out of the bag now, but I, I love the Patriots. I grew up, I was a Brady fan. Like, set, like six-year-old me fell in love with Tom Brady. But the big thing with the um, Patriots and I basically, you nailed the report on the head. And I love that because I know a lot of people want to do that. Is it Bill? Is it Tom? It's right. both. It's Robert Kraft. I know there's that book. I know there's that book that came out recently, but from Seth Wickersham about the Patriots trying to go more like into the Patriots. But the book mm-hmm. I got last year for Christmas and I loved it. I read it was the dynasty by Jeff Benedict. If you haven't read it, I highly recommend it. It basically goes in depth on how basically it starts with like Robert Kraft and how he got his fortune eventually bought the Patriots with the whole stuff right. there with uh, the team potentially moving to Hartford back in the mid nineties as well. Yes. That's, that's always a popular topic in the state of Connecticut. I can tell you that. So, <laughs> <laughs> and then it goes on to how about how Bill came on and then he dropped to Tom and then right. how they just went on the run and all the dynasties and stuff. So I always look at that book as if you want the true spectrum of how the organization was run and how the dynasty was run, mm-hmm. that's the one to look at, but yeah. it just, it's, it's, it feels weird to see them already back on top. And you're right. Like now that we see both, I don't think, and that's the reason too. I feel like the league right now is probably rooting for it to be a Patriots box Super Bowl, 
but I know the storylines are going to be the same for two weeks in a row, no matter what talk show you throw on. Oh, of course. Is it Tom? Is it Bill? Is it Bill? Is it Tom? Like what's something's got to give. Well, I don't know if the league is necessarily rooting for it and so on. I think there are aspects of football NBC. that would like, they would like to see it and so on. So, well, and listen, NBC already saw it this year. Oh, correct me if I'm wrong. Yes, okay. no, it was Sunday Night Football. Yeah, it was Sunday Night Football. So, um, you know, Al and Chris and, and and all those fine folks and so on. So, um, but no, th- that would be very intriguing. I'll tell you what else would be very intriguing if we got a Super Bowl rematch. Okay, now some people may say, hmm, well, we've seen that before. We saw Buffalo and Dallas playing Super Bowls 27 and 28. But if Kansas City and New and Tampa Bay play, it'll mark the first time that the last two Super Bowl champions met in the Super Bowl. That would, you know, that's something I had not put much thought into. But I always jokingly said this year that this, I don't know if Kansas City will make it this year because for some reason, the only times Andy Reid has made it to Super Bowl has been in the state of Florida. And obviously it's in California this year. So I just, <laughs> want, I just wanted to make that joke because it's like, yeah, it's not in Florida this year, unfortunately, because obviously two years ago it was in T- Miami. This year was in Tampa. But this right. this year's was actually – this past year's was supposed to be in Los Angeles. I don't know if you remember that, but because of the stadium delays in construction, I think the NFL right. has some silly rule where it has to be open for a certain amount of time before you can host. So that's why it's in L.A. this year. Well, it could be – you know, it's in L.A., but um, listen, the Colts have that – Florida thing kind of figured out. They played in four Super Bowls and all of them have been in Miami. Well, I don't know when the next one Miami is, but I, you know, I, the more I did not think of that until you said something. Cause yeah, I bought Super Bowl three. Uh, it was at the orange bowl. Super bowl I believe. Three and five were both at the orange bowl. And then okay, 41, and then 41 and 44 were at what is now hard. That, that, that thing has changed names more times. Hard rock stadium. Joe it's, it's still Joe Robbie stadium to me. So. The first thing that came to my mind for some reason was Pro Player Stadium or Sun Life Stadium, but that's just me. Oh, it's it's again, it's gone. I want to say there's been four or five Super Bowls, I think, in that building, and they might all be close to being different names. So, it's, it's, Joe Robbie, Pro Player, um, you know, take your pick and so on. Exactly, and then now it's Hard Rock Stadium, and it went under this right. huge renovations. Because I actually remember Miami in 2010, I think after that, they said, we want to host another Super Bowl. But I think the NFL told them, saying, like, you got to fix your stadium up before we come back here. Well, that's that's a big priority. I mean, it, the NFL um, leans toward putting a Super Bowl in a brand-new stadium. Yeah. Okay, if you open a brand-new stadium, you, the chances of you getting a Super Bowl are very, very good. Um, Minnesota. And, and, you, and you also have to do – a prove a, uh, that you can host a Super Bowl, which means hotels and so on, et cetera. I remember, you remember when they had the Super Bowl in Jacksonville between New England cruise and ships. Philadelphia? They had cruise ships for the media and so on. So um, I was down there for that. We weren't a cruise ship. I, we were on a, in a land hotel and so on. But, um, you know, the NFL will try anything. They're a little more experimental than people think. You know, listen, we had a Super Bowl at MetLife Stadium up north. Okay, so it's not that like they're adverse of trying something different. It was an outdoor venue in the north. Now, there was a crazy snowstorm the day after the Super Bowl. They got very, very lucky and so on. But 
um, like I said, and, and, you know, if you, I haven't been to it, obviously, but you just look around at what SoFi Stadium has done so far in terms of what it looks like. And it's spectacular. Exactly. It looks like, honestly, it looks like a beautiful stadium. And then even like, you're right. Cause like how I said too, like, I believe uh, San Francisco got their new stadium. They hosted the Super Bowl. Like mm-hmm. I even said too, Minnesota somewhere. It was a very, I know it's yep. an indoor stadium. They have, they've had a Super Bowl recently. Uh, it's actually a great Super Bowl. That Philadelphia New England second Super Bowl was tremendous. So, yes, uh, you know, so it was still a very good game. Obviously, not the outcome I wanted, but is what it is. Right. Um, I know too Chicago because obviously there's the whole situation there with the city and everything they're trying to figure out. But I believe if they get a dome stadium too, they'll host one because of how big of a market Chicago is. Oh, sure, yeah. And then even still, you have uh, I believe next year after this one is going to be Phoenix then I believe it's unsure. And then it's new Orleans. So now that I feel like Phoenix is always a bit of a safe spot for them to go back to just because of the weather more than anything else. Well, and also, I mean, that's the, I've been to there for super bowls and regular season games. Um, and you know, the system they have in which they can wheel out the turf there. I mean, I got to watch yeah. it the one year I was there for a Thursday night game um, when I was with CBS and so on. It, 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 it's amazing, but yeah, the weather is a big draw there. And then you talk about New Orleans and, and, and New Orleans is, um, you know, especially before Katrina uh, and now they've, you know, they've made a comeback and so on. The one thing about New Orleans is you don't have to bring in a lot of attractions. Okay. The city kind of sells itself in terms of the different things you can do and so on. And it's immensely popular. Um, New, I want to say New Orleans and South Florida are, I think are the leaders in terms of the, the most Super Bowls. So. I honestly think you're right. I the more you yeah. think about it, because even to yeah. um, I heard about it the other day, but Super Bowl I want to say six with the Vikings and the Steelers at uh, Tulane nine. Stadium. Oh, Super Bowl nine, nine. But guess what? Super Bowl six was also at Tulane Stadium. Exactly. As was Super, as was Super Bowl four. And then so, even two- yeah, New Orleans. You know, early on it was my basically my you know the Coliseum was the first Super Bowl. Okay, two and three were both in Miami. Okay. Four was in New Orleans. Five was Miami. Six was New Orleans. Seven was the Coliseum. Eight was Rice Stadium in Houston. Okay. And then okay. nine was supposed to be the Superdome. Um, but they had to play it at Tulane Stadium. Ten was Miami. Eleven, you know, there were very, eleven was the Rose Bowl was Pasadena. Twelve was New Orleans. Thirteen was Miami. You know, you see a little pattern here that they didn't, you know, for a long time there, 15 was New Orleans. Okay. So, uh, you know, when the, when the Raiders became the first wildcard team, to win the Super Bowl, when they beat the Eagles. So um, for a long time, there it was basically either Miami or New Orleans, but then they, again, these new venues, these uh, new stadiums and so on. And, and the game is kind of spread out a little. Exactly. Like there's even some newer stadiums. I'm surprised they haven't hosted still yet. Like Dallas, for example, obviously with Jerry world there. But I didn't realize oh, no, wait, Super Bowl 45 was in that stadium. Oh, I mean, like, I mean, since Super Bowl 45, I'm surprised their name, oh, I gotcha. the okay. their name hasn't been in the hat since Super Bowl 45. Right. Yeah. Right. And even to, I believe the, uh, Ro- the Rose Bowl hosted again. I want to say, because we were talking about it off air, the second um, Dallas Buffalo Super Bowl, I believe the first Dallas Buffalo Super Bowl was the Rose Bowl in Pasadena, too, if I'm not right. mistaken. The second was in Atlanta. Yeah. Which is, an, which yeah. is another city new stadium with a page. I know. A little bit of a boring game, but then the Patriots uh, Rams Super Bowl was there three years ago, yeah. Yeah. which it looks yeah. like a very nice stadium. And I'll agree with you too. I've been to New Orleans twice. I went there 
once in 2018, but I went for 2019. I was actually there for a Saints game. And you're right. The city sells itself. Yeah. I could go to New Orleans and I don't even have to go to the game. And I feel like you'll still have a great time there. It's like, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot to do down there and so on. I like the sightseeing different things and so on. And again, I was, I've been there pre Katrina and I've been there post Katrina and, you know, the city said the last time I was down there was 2015 when I was doing CBS and so on. So, um, but uh, no, it's, it's fascinating city, great history. Uh, so much to do the Mardi Gras type atmosphere. It, you know, I know Mardi Gras is a certain time of the year. Um, I think it's basically 365 down there. So uh, no, it, exactly. It is. And also to the food sells itself as well. So I'm in touch with that emotion. I can tell you that. So <laughs> I feel like the only other city that's still yet to host. And when it does, it'll be a good time is whenever Las Vegas does get a Super Bowl, which I feel like isn't too far away. Isn't too far no, away. Yeah. And they, they were supposed to have the draft and uh, you know, and they will have it this coming uh, April and so on. And uh, again, another, uh, I, I think if I remember right, I remember seeing something earlier in the year when the stadium showed the big bar that they had. I don't know if you saw that, uh, you know, uh, uh, where people could buy drinks and so on. It was this massive, uh, they, I'm sure there's pictures of it out there. And I remember tweeting out and instead of saying just win baby, I wrote just gin baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. Cause I know they also have like the club, like the club lounge bar, yeah. but like on the club. Yeah. Like, I think that's what I'm referring to. Yeah. And then there's like a huge one that's like right by like where they have the torch that lights up, not an actual torch anymore. It's like lights mm-hmm. for like Dal Davis torch there. And I've been, I've been to Vegas, not since the stadium's opened, but I went there while it was under construction and they they either built a bridge or they're in the go, going to build one that basically lets you walk from the stadium over the highway and then you end up at Mandalay Bay. Oh, there you go. I like that. I like that. So I've been to Vegas a couple of times what, years and years ago before the stadium was there. So yeah, exactly. So it's it's like I said, it's going to happen. It's going to happen eventually, and we'll see. I feel like the draft can be a good catalyst for what the city can go yep. for Super Bowl, okay. um, and they'll do they'll, they'll do a good job with it too. Exactly. And um, we were, obviously we're talking off camera and there's a couple of stories you have for me, which we'll get into in a second. But I wanted to ask you, is there a team this year that surprised you that you didn't expect to be as good? Like you can do it both ways. The team you thought was going to be good that turned out to be bad or a team you thought, hey, may not be the, as good, but turned out to be, hey, they're having a pretty good season. Well, it's, it's kind of hard to ignore what Arizona has done. I know they're playing tonight and so on, but, uh, you know, they win tonight. They're in the playoffs. They've been there since 2015. Uh, they're seven and zero on the road. Okay. They're four and zero in the division, you know? Uh, and in the NFC this year, you have to play nine road games with the, with the new system next year, the AFC teams will play nine road games. Uh, but you know, they swept the Niners. They beat, you know, handed the Rams their first loss of the season, if I remember right. Yes. Um, and then uh, if you remember. Colt McCoy beat the Seahawks. Well, yep. And, and, but the thing, that stood out to me about that Rams win was, and here's a number for you. Uh, Sean McVay had coached against the Cardinals the previous four years, 2017, 2020. He was eight. No against the Cardinals. He had beaten them by a combined score of ready for this. Yep. two fifty one to 91. Ooh. And they put 37 points on the board and made it kind of look easy in, in Los Angeles. I'd be curious to see, what happens here tonight? The up, by the way, the update, we've had 15 divisional rematches this year and 
the sweep is in 12 times, which is more common than people realize. But people like always like to, some people like always like, well, it's hard to beat a team twice in one year or three times in one year. It's actually not. So if you can beat a team, a lot of times you can just beat a team. That's why you see the Packers own the Bears, literally. Yeah. Why you see the Chiefs own the Broncos. You see these long winning streaks uh, over certain teams and so on. New England made a habit out of it for 20 years, having long winning streaks over teams. And they still have one against the Jets. Um, yeah. I feel like, though, with the Cardinals, like, I like them. I feel like, though, if they're if you had to ask me which team needs to buy the most in the NFC, I feel like it is them because I feel like asking them, to, even though they are 7-0 on the road, going right. up to Lambeau in January is something that's that's not easy. And I actually have a stat for well, you. I don't know. I I don't know how they're going to fare once they get into the playoffs, which I'm pretty sure they will be in the playoffs and so on. Yeah. But as far as anticipating them being 10 and two at this juncture, or even being a team that wins 12 or 13 games this year, I think that's probably a shock uh, for a lot of people. This was a team last year at one time, it was six and three um, and then lost five of their last seven games and finished eight and eight. And given the competition in the division, I think a lot of people thought, that they would be somewhere maybe in the middle, you know, San Francisco bat bouncing back uh, them struggling with the Rams, them and the Seahawks always seem to play each other tough. And the road team seems to win the game more than the home team when it comes to Arizona and Seattle, but who would have thought they'd get off to the start. They got off to this year and done it in convincing fashion. Okay. With both offense. It's not like they're going out there and, Winning 37. They've had some wild games Minnesota early in the year, but they've gone on the road and won convincingly more than a few. They rounded Tennessee. They rounded the Rams. They rounded the Browns. Um, you know, so they. they last week. Yeah, they, they have physically pushed around a lot of teams. And I think when you think of Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury, probably unfairly. You think of them more of this as high-scoring juggernaut that just wins a lot of high-scoring games. And, you know, they've sorry, Chandler Jones is back this year. Uh, Marcus Golden was back with the organization last year, and he's always been a tremendous pass rusher uh, for them. Um, they have playmakers on both sides of the ball, and they went through a three-game stretch where they won two of the three games and didn't have Kyler Murray or DeAndre Hopkins. And the only one was that one blip in the radar with the Carolina Panthers. I was only yeah, saying that. almost inexplicable. You, you look at the way Carolina has played since they were, since they were three and oh, they're two and eight. Okay. But one of those was beating Arizona in Arizona, which was a little inexplicable. So exactly. But there's always that's what makes the league fun. You know, exactly. we're trying to, trying to figure this out this year. Now, Arizona, was here's one for you. Arizona was not a playoff team last year. But pondered what we've seen so far, Griff, this year. Um, 14, play, 14 playoff teams a year ago, okay? 11 of them have lost at least one game this year by 20 or more points. 20, yeah, playoff teams from a year ago. The only exceptions are Tampa, Seattle, and Indianapolis. And there's still four weeks to go. Yeah, it's, it, it, that, that's that's why you gotta love the league. Because even to remember, there was that week where it was just that's the thing this year too. There's been so many upsets winning. Like remember, there was a week where Denver yeah. absolutely blew out the Broncos. Uh, the Giants beat the Raiders. 
the the Bills lost to Jacksonville. Jacksonville, like yeah. Denver won. Denver blew out Dallas in Dallas, and so yeah, there was yeah, yeah it's kind of like it was kind of like the the second round of the NCAA basketball tournament. Exactly, and actually, I have a stat number for you for tonight's games. We'll get at it. We'll uh, before we wrap up. So I found out today that Matt Stafford is zero and seventeen in his career when he's facing a team that's five games or more above five hundred. Oh, that's interesting. So we'll see if well, that breaks like tonight. It, it's not. It's not. It's not like he's been surrounded by a team that's. He's on a team that's five games above five hundred. He's had some playoff appearances and so on. But um, yeah, it, it it just goes to show you. And listen, the Rams have had their pitfalls as of late. Okay, I mean that you know they're they're seven and one, and all of a sudden they're seven and four. They went through a three game losing streak and uh, losing balance and. Um, defensively they defensively they're good but they're not great that's that's the other thing about the league this year i'll get out with this okay there's there's there are some good defenses out there you look at like the rams and dallas dallas has some good playmakers on defense but dallas isn't a great defense okay they got parsons they got Diggs. Diggs is kind of hot and cold he gives up big plays or he makes big plays and so on and it's kind of that trend around the league this year. You know, we got playmaking defenses. There's no dominant defense. I know Kansas City's on a little bit of a roll right now. And so on, but who's the dominant defense? It's going to be the defense that maybe makes plays. You know, maybe like the Packers in 2010. Yeah. Uh, as a, or maybe the Ravens in 2012. Everybody, a lot of people talk about Joe Flacco that year when he threw 11 touchdown passes and zero picks in the four-game playoffs. Well, the Ravens also had 10 takeaways in that postseason run when the Packers won the Super Bowl when Aaron Rodgers uh Rodgers got a lot of credit and deservedly so but they had a pick six against Atlanta in the playoffs they had a pick six against the Bears in the NFC championship game they had a pick six against Ben Roethlisberger in Super Bowl 45 so everybody kind of chimed in and you know in an era now where you have very few 2013 Seahawks and 2015 Broncos uh your defense is either going to have to stop somebody or take away the football. And more times than now, it's it's been about takeaways and not necessarily stopping people. Like even look at Super Bowl 43-2 where James Harrison had that mo- – that I'm only going to say monster because of how far he had to run, but he had that yes. pick six where he ran from the other side of the field down to the other 100 side. 100-yard. 100-yard pick six, and he was on the oxygen mask right after the play happened. Yeah. yeah. And you, listen, you've got to, you've got to be able – Listen, go back to Super Bowl 52. I know not a pleasant memory for you and so on, but what eventually decided that game? It was the depth of the Eagles defensive defense. line of the Eagles who were still finally got a sack on Tom Brady and forced the fumble, and that turned out to be the pivotal. I mean, I, I know the Nick Foles, the Philly special is what everybody remembers, but that sack late in the game really cemented their win. Exactly. Even to Super Bowl yep. 51, I look at the Dante Hightower strip sack as a turning point yep. in the game. Super Bowl uh, 50, you had the uh, Vaughn Miller strip sack on Cam Newton. Yeah. And I believe Sylvester Will, no, it was Malik Jackson ran it into the end zone. Right. Five yards out. Super Bowl 49, obviously, there was the Malcolm Butler play. So, and even too, I remember Super Bowl, Super, Bowl, Super Bowl 48, there was the safety, but then I remember it was 22 nothing at the half. And I was like, you know what? Denver may come back. Percy Harvin ran into the house. Game over. Right. Um, but for no, I, don't, I, 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 I don't know it off the top of my head, but it's close. If you take the, the the 55 Super Bowl winners, their the turnover differential for the go winners in those is borders on plus 100. 
they say defense wins championships for it a reason. Does, and it does. And it does. So somebody better play some defense in the next four weeks. Like look at last year, even last year too, Todd Bowles scheming the that one of the best defensive schemes that he's ever done in his life yeah. to stop Patrick Mahomes and only let the few yeah. score nine points. I'll leave you with one more. For all of the high scoring and offense and so on, we have now seen a team get to the Super Bowl and not score a touchdown two of the last three years. Holy crap, I didn't even think about that, but you're the right. Rams got a field goal and the Chiefs got three. And everyone calls the Patriots back to the Super Bowl boring, but I look at that Super Bowl, it's just like, look, they did enough to win and it was what it was. But um oh, well, if it's boring, I'll if it's boring, I'll say this. I'd rather fall asleep with a Lombardi trophy in my hand. Exactly. That's that's what everyone tells me. Super Bowl 53 is boring. I say, not for me, it wasn't. I had no. a great night. <laughs> oh, well, anyway, um, so I guess tonight we're both uh, – I'm going with Arizona Cardinals tonight. Do I assume the same for you, or are you thinking Rams? Where, where are you I, I think it's I think it's closer than it was before, and I think it's maybe kind of a low-scoring game uh, and so on. Uh, you know, it's it's – Arizona finally slayed the dragon. Yeah. Okay, that's how I kind of look at it. And they need to capitalize on that because, um, you know, they, they don't want to leave the Rams with any breathing room. But more importantly, they also want to stay ahead of Tampa Bay and, our, and uh, Green Bay. Uh, they, they don't want to get in a tie with Green Bay because Green Bay did go in there and beat them head to head and so on. So, um, yeah, I think, yeah. And it, to me, the Rams defense is good with Aaron Donald, but suspect against the run and i'm not much on defenses that can't stop the run because eventually that catches up with you like i think we're seeing the same thing right now with the buffalo bills for example oh yes well uh you saw what new england did and i'm sure new and i know new what new england did wasn't even as close to what indianapolis did two weeks earlier to them okay jonathan taylor absolutely humbled them so um you know the bills Came in with a lot of expectations, and the reality is right now they've already lost twice as many games as they did all last year. Thirteen and three, seven and six. Exactly, and I know that if Buffalo, Buffalo, their their fans put way too much pressure on themselves. Sure, I feel like they're in a Super Bowl or boss mentality. But right right now, you're kind of having those moments of anxiety where you're like, "Oh, the season's a failure. The season's this, this, or this." That's why I look at the Patriots season as they're playing with house money right now, to where right. If they say they can get to the playoffs, don't even get a buy, get the wild card spot and lose. I'm not going to be disappointed. I'll be disappointed they didn't do better, but I'll be happy that, hey, we made it to the playoffs and no one expected us to be here. Yeah, a lot. And that's where the expectations, you know, what were people thinking what New England was going to be this year? They obviously spent a lot of money. Mac Jones was kind of unknown commodity. They started out two and four. They couldn't win at home. And, and now you look at, you think about the beginning of the year. How did they lose at home to Miami? How did they lose at home to New Orleans? Okay. You can understand the Tampa Bay and Dallas losses and so on. But um, but it, it, it's a streaky league. My, Miami was one in seven. Miami can be at 500 if they beat the Jets this week. So what? imagine if Miami sneaks into the playoffs. Exactly. A, year ago, they, a year ago, they won 10 games and couldn't get in. This year, they were one in seven. Can you imagine if they did get in? I think there's a very strong chance that a wild card team in the NFC and the AFC, excuse me, or even the NFC is eight and nine or nine and eight. It would not it's, shock me to see it. Well, I, I think more so maybe the NFC. And so I'm not, I, I still think there's going to be a couple of winning teams in the AFC that don't make the playoffs at all. That's why I said both conferences. I feel like the AFC, oh, okay. like I feel like for, for both, like a seventh seed 
will be somewhere between eight and nine to 10 and seven. But right. then again, 10 and seven may not be enough to get you into the day. May not be enough. Exactly. So yeah. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, Russell, it's been a blast getting to talk to you once again. I'll have to have you on back on sometime soon. Uh, enjoy the game tonight. Enjoy the rest of the season. Uh, happy holidays if I don't get to talk to you before then. But anyway, folks, that's going to do it right here for episode number 137 of YWC Football Talk. Russell, thank you once again. Do you have any closing words before we sign off? No, enjoy the stretch run. I'm, I'm, I'm excited because we're kind of da- done with the off weeks. And, you know, that listen, it, in this day and age, I understand it and so on. I go back when there were no off weeks. So, but now we're all even, Stephen. Uh, again, we have a slew of uh, Saturday. I mean, this week alone, Raiders, Browns, Colts, Patriots on Saturday. You know, it's a t- and we got Kansas City and, and the Chargers on Thursday. So talk about the AFC. There's, you know, I know the Raiders have dipped below 500 and so on, but you know, that's, a, that, that's a great way to even get there before Sunday. Exactly. And even too, looking ahead to next Saturday, we have Green Bay versus Cleveland and we have the Indianapolis Colts and the Arizona Cardinals on Christmas Day. Right. So I know the NBA usually that Christmas Day is their day, but you can't ignore those two NFL games. No, 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 no. Green Bay and Green, actually, uh, Green Bay and Cleveland was my preseason Super Bowl pick. That was mine too, to be honest. No, there you go. Yeah. And then even too, we still, we're going to, and then New Year's Day, there is none because obviously the Rose Bowl and the Sugar Bowl reign supreme on that day but i believe on the week 18 that saturday there's going to be two games on that day as well broadcast yeah. by abc yeah yeah the only thing one better than football is more football <laughs> you stole the words right out of my mouth well anyway folks like i said before that's it for episode number 137 russell like i said enjoy the rest of the season enjoy the night enjoy tonight's game but anyway folks i'll see you later this week for a full week 15 preview good night everyone Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.